Cheerscast is part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Well, I guess it's your move, Mr. Malone. You mean I have to propose to her to keep from going to jail where I wouldn't be going in the first place if she'd said yes to any one of my three proposals? That's a very ironic way of putting it. <laughs> now, which is it going to be, a wedding or a trial? How long would I have to be in jail? <laughs> you want to go where everybody knows your name. Hello and welcome back to Cheerscast, the podcast where everybody knows your name. I'm Ryan Daly, and with me to discuss the first Cheers episode of 1987, the host of Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, please welcome Al Sedano back to the show. What's up, Al? Not much. Glad to be back, Ryan. Glad to be back in the bar. Needed a drink. <laughs> Glad to have you back. Um, yeah, the one we're going to talk about, so there isn't a night court connection to this one, but the courtroom setting made me think of you a little bit, so that's kind of why I wanted you back on this one. And For a uh, second, I had a hope. I was like, I know it makes no sense, but that, could it be? We'll, we'll, we'll get into that after, after we go over the episode, but part of me wishes this could have been a crossover with Night Court. There's no logistical way that would have made sense without being way too complicated. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I kind of, I, I wish. Sort of what if could have been. Yeah. Whereas the episode, sure, we'll pretend like this one makes tons of sense anyway on its own merits. <laughs> uh, the episode we're getting into, and this one is kind of an infamous episode, people. Season 5, episode 13, Chambers versus Malone. This one is written by David Angel, directed by James Burroughs, and the original air date was Thursday, January 8th, 1987. That's what I said before, the first episode of the year 1987. Diane comes into work with a song in her heart, convinced that this is the day Sam will propose to her. She says it's intuition, which Sam finds ridiculous. He even brushes off Carla's concerns that women's intuition is not to be taken lightly. That night, Sam clears out the bar so he can talk with Diane alone. He tells her as plainly and simply as he can that he does not love her and will never propose to her again. Struggling to grasp this unreal possibility, Diane begins to cry. Her grief gets the better of Sam, who tries to comfort her by asking her to marry him. Once again, she says no, and he hallucinates going to the electric chair for murdering her. When he comes out of that dream, a fearful Diane runs from the bar with Sam chasing her. The next day, recurring barfly Tom, who finally made attorney, tells the rest of the gang that Sam was arrested for assaulting Diane. During the arraignment, Diane tells the judge that she tripped and fell whilst running from Sam, injuring herself. To spare the court a trial that nobody wants, she throws not just Sam and herself, but their whole sordid relationship on the mercy of the court. The judge allows the two parties to settle if Sam is willing to sincerely propose to Diane one more time. This time, Diane accepts and Sam is released from custody, but she says she won't hold him to that proposal as it was obviously made under duress and the threat of jail time. Unencumbered, Sam says she accepted his proposal, and marrying her is exactly what he plans to do. All right. Um, 
according to some lists and some critics, this is the worst Cheers episode ever. I don't agree with that because no. because I think it's funny enough. There are some like really kind of like funny bits and funny gags, and the performances are good enough that it's it's at least more interesting than some. There are some that I just I'm not as engaged in. Oh yeah, the plot the plot of this one is pretty ridiculous. I mean, they push this. Thing it's too. bonkers. It's three's company level crazy out there. Yeah. And I will admit, um, when I saw what I when you asked me to be on this episode and I looked at the description briefly about and it just says they go to court for Sam assaulting Diane. And I'm trying to think, oh, crap. Ryan, what, what did I do that Ryan's aware of that he's trying to get back <laughs> to me for? Like, what did he find out? Because I'm like, oh, God, no, 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 not not an assault. one. Thankfully, it turned out, at least on that regard, it turned out it could be not that at all. Well, oh, his, no, you... he, he did. I mean, a he. Didn't assault her. Let's jump. I mean, let's get into that part then. And she says she ran six blocks. I mean, first of all, he says immediately, I didn't touch her. And I believe, and obviously he didn't. Right. But if she was following, he was chasing for six blocks and she fell and he was, he would have done something if he saw her fall. He would not, I mean, he would not have been shocked that she came in. I don't think they chased her for six blocks. I think he, Sam is childish. He's not abusive or violent. Right. Even the, even the guys usually, let alone a woman. I don't think he chased her for more than a half a block and then turned around laughing, feeling like he got back at her. And that was it. And Diane probably ran for another for an extra half a block to a block. And that was it. Yeah. And it was only because she but, ran as well. It was a childish, oh, you're running? I'm going to get you. But like, and, and yeah, we're going to we're going to have to kind of like scrutinize some of the details, but like. Even just the idea and the way it's the way the information is delivered to us as the audience, there's just some stuff that's kind of like weird and like why are you doing this with this episode? But let's oh, yeah. let's kind of come into it a little bit more gradually than that. Let's sort sure. of like approach it. So first of all, I mean, big picture, you said you don't think this is the worst episode either. So no. <laughs> hopefully, yeah, hopefully we're we're it's it's a preposterous episode. To it's ridiculous. Certain, yeah. It's closer to like a family matter, the later family matters where Urkel's making robots yeah, and it's... saved by the bell type logic than Cheers. Yeah. Let's, I yeah. mean, uh, not, uh, you, you'd say, you put it like that. You say, you would say, is it like that? I'm going to say, oh, yes, 100%. I will not deny that. Even some of like, I mean, Night Court itself got into some weird outlandish things in like the later seasons. And, like this being like the final resolution to this case is like sure that could have been in a in Harry in, in Harry Stone's courtroom yeah that that would have been a a, a suggestion for him but that would have made um, sense too yeah yeah um going through the episode itself we got we got a, actually I really like this teaser um yeah. Sam Sam approaches a group of uh, barflies and we got three three guys and I call them barflies because even though this is their first appearance the three guys at the table will become recurring tertiary guys here. Um we've got one named Hugh played by Hugh McGuire. Um this is his first appearance. He'll be in 15 Cheers episodes. Um and also fans of the Fire and Water network might also recognize him if you were in his own kind, he was in the movie Batman v Superman. Um, he was in the very, like the very opening part. He played Bruce Wayne's buddy Jack, who's trapped in one of the towers in Metropolis that gets leveled during the Superman and General oh. Zod fight. The guy that that Bruce is trying to get to that whole time. Um, 
He's, he's one of these three guys. Who, uh, and then we've got Pete, who is in 40 episodes of Cheers. Um, and then Mark is the third one, who's in eight episodes. And anyway, these three guys are sitting there drinking, and, and Sam comes over the table. And it's one of those things that they rarely acknowledge, but it's, it's nice every once in a while when they do. Because Sam comes over and he says, hey, you guys have been drinking a while. Don't, don't leave yet. Let me get you some coffee. He wants to sober these guys up. He's being responsible. That's good because they really – I mean, the show kind of can't deal with alcoholism in a serious way without no longer being a sitcom. Yeah, um, the closest usually is you'll see the regular guys saying, I'll drive you home. Yeah, yeah. To each other. Or Carl, is, or Carl or Coach used to drive people home. Right, right. Um, so it's a nice little acknowledgement. He's like, you guys have had too much. Let's get you some coffee. And one of them goes, no, don't worry about it. Pete has been our, he hasn't been drinking. He's our designated driver, even though he clearly has a drink in front of him. And Pete, Pete's like, I'm not a designated driver. I thought he was. And he's like, no, I, I'm not. And they all kind of look at each other. And one of them, the one Mark, he's like, I, I think it's a good idea. We should have something like that. But yeah, that's a good plan. <laughs> and then Sam is realizing that he's like, okay, you guys sit there. I'm going to call you cabs. Um, and while he was walking away, we get this nice little turn where Carla walks over to a single guy at the bar and she's like, you've been, you've had a little too much. Uh, how about I call you a cab too? And he's like, I'm, I'm not drinking anything alcoholic. He's like, I just having soda water or something. And she's like, oh, good. And she tells Woody to make her a double martini. And then she kind of like saddles up right next to him. She's like, one of us is getting driven home tonight. <laughs> and the guy just kind of gives her a sly smile. It's, it's a nice little Carla moment. Yeah, no, that, the opening bit was fun. Yeah. I did like that. So right there, it's not. I mean, it's right not crappy because it's not the worst episode because you already start with a laugh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then once we come back, it's uh, we start off with Norm walking in. It's uh, Woody's like, "How are you, Mister Peterson?" And <laughs> Norm goes, "Never been better, Woody." And he takes a beat and he's like, "You know, just once, I would like to be better." <laughs> And then Norm explains that he's feeling down, even though he's got a wife, he's got a job, you know, he's everything is a home, everything is taken care of. From. He's just having like a little bit of depression. There's some sort of existential spark that is missing from his life. To which Cliff thinks that he can fill it by watching the Miss Teeny Bikini Beauty Contest on TV. And that's just what the doctor ordered, because Norm's like, yeah, that ought to do it. I like how they're not even trying to pretend it's respectable. Like it's Miss Universe. You know? <laughs> yeah, no. It's like it's Miss Teeny Bikini. <laughs> right, right. Like these are and simple then, people. We're putting right on Front Street. These are simple things. Yeah, yeah. And then a couple minutes like later on in the episode, which would be like hours later, it's funny that Frasier is actually sitting there watching them with it. And like of all people, like you can imagine Norman Cliff, but Frazier is actually sitting there indulging, and then they start to argue over which which you know contestant has it locked up. Is it Miss Arkansas or Miss uh, you know Missouri or something like that? And Woody's a little bit. Yeah, there's, Miss a, there's a good what you like when Cliff is like, "Hey, Woody, Miss Indiana." No, nah, Boston's my home now. <laughs> Boston's my home now. They're like, yeah. Okay. I've been realizing watching, you know, watching the whole show in order now. With Coach, it was 100% sincere. You know, when he in that first episode said, is there a Rudy Prentuso here? He meant it. He was like, who is this guy? Is yeah. he here? With Woody, there's always a little bit of like, is he screwing with them? <laughs> there's always that little bit, that little sly bit, that smile, that look in his face, that even though you're pretty sure that he's clueless, you're pretty sure not uh, with coach you are 100 sure of what are you're mostly sure it's like yeah, are you just way has, smarter 
he, he he has another moment like that when Diane first walks yes. in and she's, you know, humming to herself and she's like, yeah, it's a great day and everything. And she's like, Woody, do you believe in intuition? And he's like, no, but I have this strange feeling that someday I will. <laughs> oh, Woody, that's a little bit too smart. Are you sure? Yeah, it's like, like I'm waiting for like that part of like one of the last episodes of the of the whole show. Where we find out what he was like valedictorian or something. <laughs> And she says she woke up with a str- and she when Diane starts talking to Sam, she's like, I woke up with the strongest feeling you were gonna propose to me. And he goes, Talk about fate, talk about coincidence. And she's like, Did you have the same feeling? He goes, No, I wish you'd talk about something else, like fate or coincidence. And then he does the dumb thing of telling Carla. As soon as he started to tell Carla, I'm like, No, don't tell Carla. Because Carla course, with this yeah, with her superstition, of course, she takes this way too seriously. Like, I was waiting for the the spitting all over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, turn around and spit. <laughs> that like, would have been a nice callback. It's like Sam, don't you know better by now? But he does, he obviously does not know better because otherwise the ending would not have happened. And throughout the next scene, like he keeps making these jokes, like kind of like tease like at, at like both D- Diane and Carla's expense. Like he's like pretending like he's overcome with this uncontrollable urge to propose to her. And then he <laughs> deflects it. He says, going to marry me, buddy Norm, or would you please do me the honor of being my waitress? And they're not really funny gags, but Ted Danson kind of plays it off. And he's so happy with himself because he keeps like looking to the guys like for, for affirmation. And, and of course, Norman Cliff are going to laugh because what else would they do? Because they're five, and so is he. <laughs> yeah. And that kind of, kind of goes to my whole point. We get to the part about the running. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get uh, Tom, who has been kind of a, an occasional guest. Like, I actually, uh, Tom, played by Tom Babson. Uh, this is his ninth of 11 total appearances on Cheers, but he was there way back from the first season. Um, and they made jokes back then about him being a lawyer, but not really being a lawyer, only being, you know, a, a, a clerk or a, a paralegal because he hadn't passed the bar. But he's he's waiting for the results. He thinks he finally made it. And Cliff says something like, is 7-Eleven still giving out a free big gulp with every law degree? Be Like, whenever there's a chance for Cliff not to be the lowest man on the totem pole, he has to keep pointing that out. So Oh, yeah, that, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Cliff is like, somebody lower than me, I can mock him. Yeah, and he, and he's pretty relentless in this. And then uh, we we do get the, like the little setup because Sam is telling Diane he's like, before I propose to you, there will be snowflakes in hell, pigs will fly, normal hate beer, and and like before he gets to the last thing, Tom says, "Hey everybody, I'm an attorney," because he got the the phone call with the news, and that's the whole, you know, kind of like the the cold day in hell revelation that reverses Sam's tactic. The look on both their faces, her smile, and his like. <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> like, what just happened? The world doesn't make sense. It's like, no, 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 no. Doesn't matter. Not marrying you still. One of those things where just, uh, again, nobody thinks about this unless you're working for a podcast, but the guys are watching this Miss Teeny Bikini contest. And maybe this doesn't make, make the thing, but like Sam starts to close the bar and Diane has a line about it almost being midnight. Like, what time is this contest? If this is a legit thing, is it being broadcast on? Or what channel is this? they got to be West Coast. Thing. Yeah, they're watching this thing almost midnight. And he's like, he's closing up the bar. And they're like, yeah, we'll go home and watch the rest of it at Norm's house. That's the only thing that like, makes sense to me is that it's a West Coast thing. And so it's live. So therefore, it started at, you know, eight there or seven there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'd have to be like 10 or 11, like at East Coast. Yeah, that. I was thinking yeah. about that too. I'm like, why are they closing up if it's still on? 
Yeah, Although, don't just, those things run for like five right. hours anyway? Right, because at first I was thinking, I was like, why is he closing the bar so early if it's that busy and everything? And then Diana was like, it's almost midnight. You have to ask me before the end of the day. That's kind of like the countdown clock, why she's putting so much pressure on this. So then we get to the moment. He's like, he, he clears the bar and everything. And he's like, I, I got to tell you this. And so I, I've, I've, on previous episodes, I've talked about this with other guests. Um, we, I talked about this with Tim. Tim, he, Tim Price brought up the, the whole idea that when Diane is fixated and obsessive about something in her life, she doesn't always live in the same reality that the rest of the world does. Um, nope. And we saw that with the, the previous episode about her wanting to be a dancer and not being able to recognize that she's not a good dancer and she shouldn't pursue this dream. Like she just, she's refusing to listen to any sort of criticism. So that does kind of excuse her behavior to this season that she's in her mind, she's convinced that her and Sam will be married. So she refuses to accept his constant rejection of that fact so her not being kind of in the same reality, it's okay, but at the same time, it's just... It's like borderline it, harassment. It does, like, yeah. It's it does. I've mentioned that before. It's, it's borderline harassment, and it's, it, kind of, it reduces her as a character to kind of like... She, because this isn't like some academic dream or wanting to be an author or a dancer or like famous or something. She's just chasing a boy, and it's a boy that she's already had a relationship with so she knows all of these pitfalls like nobody would go into a third stage of a relationship with somebody like that they've already had this history without being emotionally guarded and careful so to just see her like this like it's it's exhausting at this point and i think the the writers knew that and this they were like we've we've got to bring this to a head and we've got to do it now yeah no they had to like it's it's been ridiculous up to this point so let's just turn up the volume so this can be as ridiculous as it possibly can and then we'll just get through it and i think that's what they do because yeah like sam snaps and he's just like stop it stop it he's like you're you're driving me crazy like at this point he's like he he, within rights he should probably fire her but he's like you 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 have to accept this and she doesn't that's when she breaks and she starts to cry and he's like no you're not gonna make me feel guilty about this and he's like plugging his ears and the more she cries she's like i just never thought this would this would like i i can't believe this and he just it it, i I don't know do you know like what 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 is the emotional journey he goes on that gets him to go down on his knees and propose to her i guess i guess it's it's what we've said all along is that sam doesn't want anybody to be unhappy if it's no. within if it's within Sam's power to make feel people feel better, he will try to do that. No, and also it goes with their relationship. And we've talked about it before. There's the one, you know, it's one upmanship, which is one of the and also neither one can let anything go. They're very nitpicky, like any little thing they have to beat the other one at or be yeah. better at. Yeah. And so once she says no, it's well, that's it. This is over. You know, whether that is a right or wrong decision, that's how it goes with them. He has to keep saying no because he can't be, otherwise she wins and she can't win. But at least if she's crying, but he still probably does want to, did want to be with her. But at least if she's crying and now it's, I'm making her feel better, 
it's more even for him probably in his mind. Like it's, I mean, you have to get childish. He's the, he's the hero who saves the day. Exactly. Because remember, they're both very childish except yes. each other. <laughs> yes. And so you got to think like a child. What, there's something about the two of them together that just their IQs drop sharply. <laughs> they do stupid things. You know, it's one of the reasons why they are a bad match, among many <laughs> other things that my, both myself and many other people on the show have talked about. They are a bad match. They just have that, you know, she says they have that, it's fire and heat. That's the fun of it. The problem is, it's not always the fun. A lot of it's the bad. It also brings a lot of bad. And that's why he proposes. He's the hero now. Now, now I'm at least, it's at least even, or I win, which is even better. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. I get, yeah, that, that's, that resolves it in my head a little bit more. That's a good explanation. Yeah. Um, then we get but- to know... But yes, but then it, even even weeping, she he asks her and she says no, and he like jerks his head or whatever, and we get this very hard cut with the sound effect of a, a like a um, a prison door like slamming, like rattling and everything like that, and Sam barefoot but in prison blues being walked with a priest down death row past these things, and the priest is giving the prayer and everything. And he, Sam stops and asks the warden if there's been any word from the governor. And he's like, no, I'm sorry. And Sam stops to turn to the priest. And he's like, do you believe in the afterlife? And he's like, of course, like, good. Maybe I'll see her again. Maybe I can get her again there. And it's like, it's a long scene. It like draws it out and everything from like this cold, cold, abrupt shift. And then like the door opens and he sees the electric chair and he like, and then we're like back in the bar. Like this little daydream thing was just very jarring. And then he's back and he's just like explained like he he had a flash that he killed her and went to the chair, which, okay, it's kind of funny because he he joked about that, like even going back to the first episode of the season, when like he when he tell, tells Frazier, he's like, I had a dream that I killed her and it felt really, really good. That's funny. And that was like my favorite joke about that episode. But now we've got two moments in a row because in that same episode, like when she rejected his proposal on the boat, he, cha- he, he advanced on her until she jumped off the boat. So we do kind of get this pattern now where she has driven him to the point where when she rejects him, she drives him this crazy. There is violence in his head, in his instincts. And she goes, you know, because like I had this dream where I killed you. And she's like, oh, that don't be silly. Massachusetts doesn't have the death penalty. And he's like, what? And he kind of gets like this crazy eyed look about him. That's just like, it's, it's not real mania. It's more kind of like playful, but something about him in that moment scared her enough that she bolts as fast as she can. And that's why he did it again. It's the five-year-old thing. He, he, he's a child and now he has a way to get up on her. She's like, oh, they don't have a, you know, she's proved, giving him a reason why that can't happen. He won't go to electric chair for killing her. And then you could see the moment she said it, she scared herself. Right. And he's like, oh, really? Yeah. And like I said, it's a fiber thing. The moment she ran, he didn't do anything until she ran. Right. And then but, it's a fiber <laughs> thing. You run, I chase you. Because that's what five-year-olds do. Like, as as childish and as kidding as it is, we also now have a history of homicidal thoughts in Sam's head because that is a commercial break. And when we come back 
Tom says, hey, everybody, Sam's in jail. Diane had him arrested for assault and battery. We don't see what happened. We, we just saw them no. running out of the bar. And then the next thing we know, he's in jail. She's pressing charges. And assault and battery is like, whoa. What? Yeah, I got scared. I'm like, what the hell happened? I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. Like, I did not think it was like, I really was surprised, shocked. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. It's like, we're. I was very like, thankful. Quickly in, he's, he starts saying, I never touched her. I'm like, okay, okay, good. Hold on. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. And it's like, again, because now, like, all of a sudden we've gone from this thing to now we're in the courtroom and he says, I never touched her. I'm like, okay, I take his word for that. But then she comes in with a neck brace and crutches. That's, hang on. Again, like, this is still supposed to be this funny sitcom, this love story between these two. Before we get to domestic violence, can we actually figure out what happened? <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. And again, like she, like she will eventually tell the judge, she's like, no, he, he, I said, no. And he chased me out and I ran six blocks before I tripped and wrenched my neck and hurt my hip or something like that. So she does confess ultimately that he chased her. And, and I, I think you're right. I don't think he chased her a full six blocks. That's kind of ridiculous. And I don't think she ran six blocks either. I think he chased her out the bar and up the stairs. And right. she got to the, and then he, then he started laughing, turned around laughing to close back up. Because let's also do some logic here. The bar obviously was locked up, you know? So he went oh, back yeah, to yeah. the bar. He went right back to the bar. She ran to the end of the block, saw he wasn't chasing her, and went and now at her, because again, children, I'm going to get back at him. I'm going to call the police and say he did mm-hmm. something. I'm going to get him arrested. I'm trying to... I'm wondering if it would have been better to just say like she felt going up the stairs or something. I don't know. know. Fell going up the stairs makes it is more. The thing is though, that doesn't work because he would have seen it and he would have done, you know what, as much as he is either one is angry at each other. If they saw the other one hurt, he would have brought her to the hospital. He would have known she was hurt. He would not have been completely surprised seeing her with the crutches and the neck brace. Yeah. I guess we don't. Yeah. That's the other thing is we don't know exactly like, Wait, like, was he with her when, like, the like, and she called the cops or something? On her? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, that's why I think they arrested him at the bar, leaving the bar. He was leaving, and he's like, "Why am I getting arrested?" Oh, oh so go, going back to the moment when Tom is actually at the bar because we get a little interactions from everybody when he says Sam was arrested for assault for assaulting Diane. Carla's reaction is, "My hero." Frazier's reaction is is Diane all right okay so we know where the two of those then them stand um and he's Tom is like he Sam called to retain my services and Cliff is like to do what prune his trees (laughs) and Norm is like well what what is your play here what kind of defense are you gonna mount he's like well I think we're gonna plead insanity and Cliff's like that's good what about what about for Sam Uh, did you notice by the way Carla laughed at that kind of she smiled almost like an embarrassed smile she liked cliff's joke (laughs) that's like one of the few times cliff said something that actually impressed carla carla was like that was good good point good point yeah yeah so then so then we get to the whole courtroom thing and this is again like the whole time i was kind of thinking i was like what if this could have been 
like a night court crossover now, but like it's two different cities. Like the amount of time that passes wouldn't have made sense for for the arraignment and everything like that. Do they so do just... traveling judges? Like, is that a thing? Like, judges travel and happen plus, to be working plus, in another city because yeah, they're filling in? I don't plus know. Plus, the, the cast members, we, we've already had Harry Anderson on Cheers as another character, along with Marky Post and Marsha Warfield. Like, we, we've seen them already, so. The only way that could have worked is if they looked at the same look at the judge says, look familiar. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the whole thing was an act by, by Harry the Hat, just to con him into thinking that he was going to jail. That could have made sense, actually. Um, so they, they come in, like, during the, the proceedings, uh, the district attorney asks for a very high bail for, for Sam, and Tom stands up and goes, motion denied. And the judge's like, I'm supposed to say that. And Tom goes, I'm sorry, it's my first case. And the judge says, you're kidding me. <laughs> um, judge is good. Yeah. Um, and he sets the trial date, and then that's when Diana's like, can I... Can I have? Can I speak in this? He's like, I don't think that's necessary, but she's she she like insists, and he's like, okay. He's like, you can uh, you can address the court as long as you can be brief. And both Sam and Tom roll their eyes. That's good. That was good. It's like, oh, that's not happening. So Diane says she wants to explain to the court, and she and like he's like, what's going on? She's like, well, it's a long story, and the judge says if you can make it a short story, we can get out of this, and. She then begins to describe their romance, like the whole thing that we've known for, you know, four and a half seasons now. And she says the same proposed to her, but she turned him down because she thought that he was on the rebound. She was wrong, but he, she said, but he wouldn't propose again. The little Dickens. <laughs> That's great. And then she's like, last night he only proposed because I was crying and sad. And she says, albeit unintentionally, it was emotional blackmail on my part. She's like, I couldn't say yes under those circumstances. You understand that, don't you? And the judge just looking at her dead is like, I'm sorry, I was just trying to imagine the long version <laughs> of the story. <laughs> Which I think that's my home run for this episode. That was up there for me. It was close. No, so, actually, yeah. the judge had a couple lines that I was like, that, that might have been my favorite. Um, and that's when she kind of admits that he, he chased her. She tripped and fell, hurting herself. And he's like, well, he didn't directly hurt you. He didn't push you or hit you or anything like that. Yeah, it didn't touch her. So therefore, yeah. legally, it didn't count. It, it's not assault. Right. I'm guessing. And it's, I mean, yeah, there's some de- degree, like, I don't know if she if she could prove that he was realistically threatening or she was legitimately in fear of him that led to her accident he might there might be some maybe second degree charges i don't know um not yeah not my, not my area um but that's it like it seems like the judge is getting ready to dismiss this thing after she's already met and that's when tom has this brilliant idea it's like why it's like i have an idea that might please the court and the judge's like if you can get us out of here right now it absolutely thrills the court, the court. <laughs> and he's like um he's like what if he proposes again and Sam was like, are you crazy, Tom? And he's like, hey, I like this one. And he's like, what's it going to be? He's like, like proposed to her or we can go to a trial. And Sam, <laughs> Sam describes it as like, I have to propose or I risk going to jail where I wouldn't be going anyway if she had said yes to any of my three previous proposals. And it's just like, that's a very ironic way of putting it. <laughs> he's like, well, what's it going to be? And Sam's like thinking about it. He's like, how long would I be in jail? In jail for. So, and... Eventually, he's like, yeah, Diane, will you marry me? <laughs> Diane's like, that's not very sincere. 
<laughs> she's like, she's like, I asked the court, did that sound very sincere? And the judge, like, everybody is on, everybody, like, the whole, for a moment, Sam was feeling like he, this was going to work out for him, and now he thinks the whole world is against him, like, the whole court. And he's like, you have no idea what you're sentencing me to. So, he just says something about cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> yeah. So he gets up, he stands in front of her, and he does ask her again. In a way, I mean, just uh, it's not a romantic proposal, but then again, how, how could it be? Exactly. It's like, <laughs> like this isn't going to be one of those like all time memorable proposals. It's like, like he, he feels like he, he looks like he has a gun in his back, in the small of his back, but he's just like, Dan, will you marry me? She's like, okay. And then they clear it, and Tom is like, yeah, Tom Babson Esquire, undefeated. <laughs> he's like happy like, with, his, with his winning record. Um, and then, and then Sam asks him, Tom, you free this weekend? Trim your trees? Yep. <laughs> yes. He's like, how about Saturday? Yes. I love that callback to him going to prune his trees. Um, so, like Tom's big episode, isn't it? Yeah. Cause, and again, like he does come back for two more, but I don't know if we, I don't know if he has any, like, yeah, he never has an a, a, a episode like this. So this was like, yeah, like this could have been his last one. Yeah. I mean, with multiple lines and scenes and like he's important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, basically we lose the rest of the cast halfway through this episode and he's kind of like the only other familiar face yeah um and then so everybody like Diane takes off the neck brace and then puts the the cane away the crutch away and everything yeah she folds it off and he's like he's looking he's like of course yeah he's just like like they clear the court and they're the only two there and he's like sitting there just like shaking his head like i can't believe this woman and she says I know that w- that was under duress. It's like, I'm not going to hold you to that. And like, I'm trying to imagine if he had like, like th- at this point, they've gotten to this point where she actually says, she's like, I had to sh- put this in front of the court to show how ridiculous this is. Like, that's like the writers acknowledging, look, we've pushed this as far as we can. It's like, we need these two to get engaged. And if he didn't, actually stick to it in this episode we could never come back to this again <laughs> like I, I i don't imagine a situation where they like she's like i'll let you off the hook you don't have like that that proposal didn't count and then the next day she goes to work and say so are you gonna marry me or what like we need to end this we need to rip the bandage off the only way they could have done it is if we imagine if we found out somehow diane's actually canadian and they have to get married to keep her in the country <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't know what other a crazy sitcom idea they could have went with. Nah. So, yeah, so Sam has the line, he's like, you know, they can stop me from killing you, but they can't stop me from marrying you. And then they kiss and hug, and that is the episode. And, and you think, they're both idiots. Yeah, on, on the one hand, it's a relief because we can move past the when it, the, the, the whole drudgery of her pursuing him. And now we're in this new phase of these two are actually getting married. Um, so we're going to see where that plays out the rest of this season. Um, it's, it's a, as I said, it's a preposterous episode. The whole, like how far they take this, it does not feel like cheers. You're right. It feels like another type of sitcom that goes way out farther and wacky and stuff like that. But at the same time, I can't, I can't, consider this anywhere close to the worst episode because it's funny i mean i laugh out loud at several parts of this episode so oh yeah it's just it's just ridiculous it's it's like they like you said they pushed it so far there was no 
realistic looking option to get out of this. Although it does, again, it does kind of fit with the childish and stupidity of the two of them together. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you know, she runs and he chases her. <laughs> that was stupid, but it's a five-year-old instinct. You have a little kid. You're playing around like that with a little bit and teasing each other. If you start just running, he's going to chase you <laughs> yep. because you ran. Yeah. Yes. That's the only reason why, because you ran. And yeah. she is calling the cops on him. You know, like, I mean, not just calling the cops for something he did, calling the cops on something that maybe, okay, maybe a little bit of like, maybe you could say, okay, maybe, you know what? Restraining order. Something like that, I can understand. That could make, that would be a sensible thing for a person to do in this situation. But to get a fake neck brace and a cane, walk with the fake limp, say he assaulted her and have him arrested and go to the point where they're actually at a arraignment that's childish oh you make me think you're gonna kill me i'm gonna one-up you fine yeah. you're going to jail that's what would happen if you if you did that you're going to print you're going to jail but it's like at that point it's not just childish it's it's crazy it's like, oh yeah it's, it's and it's, it's i'm not it saying it makes her sense. yeah and and it does not make her look like a, a likable character that you want to spend more time with so they like yeah. this is like as low as they could go with them, and they, they, we've got to start pulling them back and rebounding from this. Yeah. So. Oh, I'm not saying it made sense at all. I'm just yeah. trying to, as no, we're I, the show, we're trying to rationalize what fits with it, and like it at least somewhat fits with the stupidity of them, but it's way stupider than they've ever yeah. been before. That, that explanation is as good as any, and that's that's great. So it's the stupidest <laughs> the two of them have been, which goes with my home run when we get to it. <laughs> Um, well, uh, we can, we can get to it. I'm trying to think if there were any other, I, I, I think we kind of hit upon it. Um, for Norm's tab, he only had three beers this episode only. He had three beers this episode, which brings him up to 439 for the series. Um, for the employee of the week, uh, I'm actually giving it, to, not, not Sam or Diane, I'm giving it to the judge. Um, <laughs> Just for the quantity, like pretty much every line he had <laughs> made, like cracked me up, and just his his delivery. Um, and the judge, by, by the way, I forgot to mention, he's played. Uh, his name is Judge William E. Gray, and he's played by Tom Troop. He appeared in Star Trek, Peyton Place, Mission Impossible. Uh, he was in the movie Summer School, which I believe Rob Kelly and David Ace Gutierrez covered that on uh, Rob's Film and Water podcast. Um, bunch of other stuff but yeah i think just it was it was one of those things where i was like okay sam and diane this is their episode but boy the judge really stole the show for me so you stole mine yeah was he, you got the same i judge yeah no the judge was great the judge had some great lines <laughs> and his face was great especially the oh god is this not over yet <laughs> he's already sick of these people yeah <laughs> yeah i loved it um what about the uh, the home run or the best gag of the episode? What did you think? Did he play? Oh, it says he played a judge in summer school too. Huh, ironic. Oh, my home run. It's not that. It's just made me laugh both times I watched the episode preparing for this. It just made me laugh a lot. It was uh, Sam and Carlo, and he's about. I think it's when they're about to leave, and she's he's saying, "Do I look like a guy about to do some do something stupid?" <laughs> Always. <laughs> and that kind of fits with this episode. Mm-hmm. For mine, I, I think it goes back to the judge's line when Diane has basically put their whole their whole uh, love story on, on in front of the court, and he's like, "I'm sorry, I was just trying to imagine the long version of this story." 
this episode also i i, I enjoyed i haven't seen this one before so i did enjoy the fact because there are several bits from this episode specifically that are in the 200 episode yeah yeah there are yeah. the uh will you marry me when he asked her marriage she says no crying nope. and the well that didn't sound very <laughs> sincere <laughs> that was good yeah and that one was up there too for me um and also the way he describes the the way sam describes the classic american love story um, which I think will be the, the quote I end this episode with, probably. So. That was good. All right. Well, um, Al, thank you very much for uh, for coming back on the show and helping me uh, cover this uh, maybe controversial, uh, somewhat, uh, somewhat notorious episode of Cheers. Uh, yeah. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me on, even for this one. <laughs> yeah. Where else can people find you if they want to hear more from you in the podcastosphere? Well, if you want to hear more from me and you like comics, uh, Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. It's all about the Marvel comic characters, Adam Warlock and Thanos. You know, the big purple guy from all the movies. So I, I've like, seen I recognize him, yeah. Yeah, so if you want to know what he was like before he was, before he was famous, Resurrections Adam Warlock Tumblr.com. Uh, just type in Adam Warlock or Thanos and whatever cert, cert, uh, podcast, podcast catcher you use, it'll pop up. And I'm on Twitter at Adam Thanos Pod. Uh, thank you very much. Um, listeners, a quick little note before we go. Uh, we are at the halfway point for the season. And as I do every year, I'm going to take the next week off. So no new episode. And then the week after that, I'm going to have another listener feedback episode. So I will respond to the comments and uh, emails that I've gotten uh, since the end of season four. Uh, that's what you can expect then. And then I'll have uh, let's see, another probably another week off. So then new episodes will probably start back in July, or sometime around there, maybe, maybe August. I don't know how long it's going to take. I, I actually I, we're we're a little bit in advance, so I don't know when when we'll get back to. But like four weeks from now, you'll hear new episodes. So, alrighty, thanks to all of you out there who listen to Cheerscast and support the show by liking and sharing on social media and leaving comments on the website fireandwaterpodcast.com you can also support the fire and water podcast network on patreon special thanks to ashford from the right on podcast network and rick from jeff and rick presents who sponsor this show go to patreon.com slash fw podcast to support your favorite show on the fire and water network thanks everyone for listening and until next time we're closed i wanted to Expose our relationship to the scrutiny of the court. God knows I've tried to figure it out. I'm at a complete loss. Oh, it makes perfect sense to me. You want me to propose to you? I propose to you. You say no, I say fine. I never want to see you again. You drive me nuts telling me you want me to propose again. I do, you turn me down. Next thing I know, I'm in a court of law where I've got to propose to you or I'll go to jail. It's the classic American love story. (laughs)